This is the Mobile Tech Podcast, brought to you by worldpodcasts.com. Now here's your host, tech girl, Miriam Jouar. Hi, and welcome to the Mobile Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Jouar, and today is Thursday, October 4th, 2018. My guest is no other than Thundi of Board at Work. Hey, dude, how's it going? I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad I'm finally here. I've been waiting for my opportunity. So thank you for the invite. I was so excited when you said yes. I'm like, you know, I've been thinking about it, but I'm like, he's got to be the busiest man on the planet. I see how much stuff you create on your YouTube channel. And I'm like, I don't know if he's going to say yes, you know? So I'm so glad you were like on it right away. That was really cool. Thank you. Oh, no, thanks for having me. Cool. So uh, the first thing I want to talk about, which is obviously on everybody's mind, if you're a phone user or any any tech, you know, follower of technology is obviously this week's announcements. Uh, the first one to me that's more important is the LG announcement, the V40, the Watch W7. And then, we're gonna, you know, there's Microsoft as well. We did some cool stuff. So I kind of want to talk about those two things. And I want to get your feelings for this LG stuff, because LG decided not only to not send me a review unit in time like they did to everyone else, but they didn't invite me to the briefings they had either, for whatever reason. Um, so I'm figuring that out with them. This is unusual for them. And in the meantime, I'm going to have to live vicariously through you, Thundi. So what is your take on the V40? The V40 is an interesting device. Um, in a lot of ways, it reminds me of the G7. Uh, build quality is similar. It's got that glass back that feels like plastic. So even though it's premium, <laughs> it doesn't feel like premium. So that's, that's one of the things there. Um, I'm a big headphone guy. If anyone has seen my videos, well, I, have I know a, that, yeah. A massive headphone wall. So I'm happy the headphone jack is there. I love the fact that the quad DAC is it's really fantastic. But I think any what everyone cares about is the fact that you know LG says we have five cameras in this device. Three in the rear, two in the front. Uh the triple camera setup is is nice, especially the fact that we've got, you know, the ultra wide and telephoto. But from my experience, it's a bit hit or miss. So it feels like, you know, LG still hasn't fully nailed what they wanted to do. And I think it comes down to a couple of things. They, you know, there's no OIS on that ultra wide. So even still- Yeah, that's really annoying. Yeah, so th that, that really just plays a lot to it because, you you know, they've got this new feature called Triple Shot where you can take all three photos at the same time. Uh, there's a slight delay because one of the cameras goes to a different uh, you know, ISP, but- it doesn't come out as well as you want. So it's one of those things you're like, okay, this is nice, but it's, uh, you know, you you kind of get just talked in between because you're like, LG, you're, you, you're taking us there, but you really are not taking us there. And then they announced the price. And, you know, Wow, yeah. Okay, I know. <laughs> Whew, let's take a breath for a second together, okay? Yeah. Oh, all right. So are you guys ready? Anybody listening to the show, it's 900 effing dollars, okay? Yeah, yeah, that is that 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 shocked me because I I was hoping for LG to go counter the thousand dollar. You know, craze. it's the same with the G7. Remember, the G7 came out. I got briefed. I got to play with one, and I got my review unit. And I'm everything you just said about the V40 there, that little intro you just gave us. Yeah, the kind of rundown was exactly what I thought about the G7 at the time. Like, I'm a big LG fan. I love their products, which is why I'm kind of annoyed they didn't include me this time. <laughs> but the <laughs> point is, I'm like, yeah, that that does not feel like a premium phone. Like it, it feels like. It has all the stuff on paper, right? The G7 did, and the V40 yeah. as well. In fact, the V40 brings some kind of really cool stuff to the table. And and then you, you touch it and you're like, 
this is feels kind of light and mm-hmm. it's nice in a way but another way it's like i you know it doesn't feel like a samsung or an iphone it's like it feels like a galaxy it doesn't feel like a galaxy it doesn't feel as dense it doesn't feel as well made even though it's glass as you said i love how you said the back feels like plastic because it kind of does and so i'm like ah oh, like but at the same time i want to love it and then you know with the g7 it was like the the, the mono speaker that was really loud which they've yeah. done on the v40 as well it was like that beautiful lcd which now on the v v40 is a, a beautiful oled, OLED that they yeah. didn't mess up apparently like the v30 and the pixel 2 last year <laughs> 2 xl i was the same display for those of you who didn't follow Last year, the V3 and the V uh, and the, the, the Pixel 2 Pixel XL, 2, yeah. and yeah. so so apparently that's been remedied. And of course, there's a notch which just makes it a little bit more modern and all that good stuff. But it's kind of like you're like, okay, you've got all the ingredients, but like somehow the final product just still feels like a ninety percent. You know, that's and, exactly right. Ninety is thank you. Thank, I wish right? I actually used that in my video because it's it feels like it's almost there. And I and my mindset is. You know, LG, here's a chance for you to eat into that market. You know, granted, you know, iPhone users are not necessarily going to jump away. But when you can say, I offer this, you know, it's kind of taking like the one plus approach of saying, um, we've got we've got 85% of, of a flagship and we're not going to charge you, you know, 85%. We'll charge you about 70% of it. And you still love this device, which is what I was hoping for with the V40. Um, and, I knew, and you look at this device and you go... It hits so many things. It's got a smaller battery, but the battery life is really good. And you're going, but your price is just not worth what this device should be because it doesn't ooze premium. Well, I think there's a number of issues. That's one issue. It doesn't ooze premium. It's like a 90 percenter instead of a 100 percenter, right? Yeah. yeah. Of course, no phone is 100 percent. But let's say, the, let's say the iPhone and the Galaxies are maybe hitting 95, 98, 99 percent, right? Mm-hmm. This is like a 90 percent. So that and, but then you're looking at, as you said, the price. The problem, I think the biggest problem is that LG doesn't sell unlocked typically, right? So you, you're going to have to go through the carriers and, uh, and then you Oh, immediately you're getting a compromise experience, right? You can't yeah. buy the unlocked phone. So now you have to go through carriers and get carrier blow. To me, immediately that's $200 off the phone, right? Immediately, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like screw you, okay? So so now we have, because I have to jump through a bunch of hoops, unlock the phone and remove all the apps that are offending. And I still don't have a pure experience because, you know, the the the, the like a carrier uh, indicator is different. Like right, the LTE yeah. logo is not LTE. doesn't say the right thing up there. It'll say 4G or whatever BS they decided. And 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 so it's it becomes a pain. But I'm willing to live with that if it's like, when the G7 came out, I thought if it's a $650 phone, mm-hmm. great, right? Yeah. Or whatever it was. Let, I don't know how much it was. It was actually more. It was seven something. It was, it was, it was seven. Uh, I think it was 750. Yeah. So I fixed $100 less than that. I've been, okay, I can live with that. I mean, you know, it's going to be discounted soon anyway. Right. And yeah. with V40, you know, it's going to be discounted soon anyway as well. But then you go like, but then you go like, where's my unlocked model if you're going to charge me $900? You know, and, and even then, you're still a 90% phone. It's like, I just wish, like you do, I think, that we, I think 
we both want to root for them, right? Like, yeah. I don't want LG to go the way of HTC, okay? No, no. It's like, they're not going to because they're much bigger companies supported by washing machines and fridges and TVs, <laughs> right? right? Yes, it's true. But, but, but I have a really soft spot for their phones. And I, like I do for HTC's phones, and I don't want to see them doing the same thing. And it seems to me like that by just hitting what's good enough, 90%, and then trying to be arrogant enough to charge the the same prices as competition who really deserves their well maybe arguably deserves their pricing. Yeah. You you kind of are shooting yourselves in the foot, and then you don't have an unlocked version. At least if you had an unlocked version, I mean maybe they will have a V40 unlocked. Maybe they now have a G7 unlocked. I didn't look. I'm I'm sure you can buy a gray market one. But the bottom line is the average consumer that is tech savvy, our audience is going to look at this and go, I can buy this or one plus six T. Yeah, exactly. I can buy this or buy a Galaxy Note unlocked and pay my arm and leg, my give my left kidney to Samsung, but at least I have their best phone unlocked, totally worth $1,000, arguably. And, yeah. and then, you know, or I can give Apple, uh, you know, if, if you're, I can understand that some people are Apple fans. I get it. I'm a Mac fan. I'm not an iOS and iPhone fan, but I'm a Mac fan. I get it. So I'm just saying, like, I can understand how some people are going to spend $1,400 on a top of the line uh, iPhone, whatever it is, XS, 10S Max. I saw one on the plane the other day, by the way. Yesterday, I was flying back from the uh, from uh, Ukraine where I was speaking at a conference, and I saw the, my first sighting of a Max, and that thing is holy F-balls massive. Uh, you see, for me, though, it is the right size phone. Finally, I can actually really? hold. Yeah, I, I've got I just big, feel like I've got big it's hands. It's too wide. It looks wide. Yeah, you have big hands. But to me, it's the width, right? It's like what I like about other phones that are like big phones, like say the, the Note, yeah, the notice them. They're a little Slimmer, narrower, yeah. right? And yeah. I can kind of manage it better. My hands are not tiny, but you have yeah, you have bigger hands. I get it. I think it's still I was surprised how big it was. It in that in that guy's hand, it felt like he was he was holding like an iPad mini. <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> I, I have a I have a question for you. So yeah. on my own podcast or actually my own show on YouTube on, on the weekends, we always talk about different brands and LG is one brand we keep coming back saying one specific thing they just don't do well with any of the devices is the fact that they do a poor job at marketing um, yeah. and pushing the message. You know, for instance, you know, you talk about the G7 or even the V40. The V40 has, you know, a, a headphone jack, which is now a rare commodity. It's phenomenal, you know? too. It's like the quad deck is, you know, I'm a bit of an audiophile. I don't have the headphone collection you have, but, you know, I like my headphones, too. Yeah. And and I am a wired headphone fan simply because nothing comes close to that. If you have the right DAC and amp behind those headphones, you can yeah. use headphones that are 30 years old that still sound incredible today. Mm -hmm. And and you can keep them for that long. I have some headphones that are over 20 years old that I've had for a long time and they still sound fantastic and so i love that wired i love the ability to plug it in directly to the phone and lg is the only one in the entire world providing a level of quality that to me nobody else can touch like you have to spend thousands on dollars on dedicated DACs and That's, amps yeah. to get the same like when you're buying a g7 or v40 you're buying imagine yourself buying two grand more of audio equipment basically mm -hmm. that's what you're getting if you use the headphone jack and people, you know, they don't maybe hear the difference. I don't know, but they don't think, I don't think they count that in the purchase. And we clearly, you and I are clearly not counting that when you're, we're binging them for being 
you know, for being a nine hundred dollar phone. We obviously yeah. like are contradicting ourselves here. But the <laughs> point is, the point is, I think that that they do a great service to the entire audiophile community by putting that quad DAC and that headphone jack on their phones, and they don't market it, as you said. Yeah, I mean, do you think do you think they have a chance, or do you think they will actually do that marketing for the V forty, especially with the the tough October competition? That's, I don't that's think happening. so. I think it's going to be the same LG cruising along. Look, we made another fridge. Buy it. <laughs> you can buy it through Best Buy and Amazon or go to your local Lowe's or your local Home Depot and buy our fridge. It's basically how they're treating the thing. And, and that's the problem. It's like there's no passion, no love, no energy, no excitement. And I want, you know, not only do I want them to send me phones in time, but I want them to freaking be excited about what they do. Because they are making the first phone with five cameras. They're making the first phone that has a telephoto, a regular, and a wide angle on the phone. Even though the telephoto, as you said, is kind of messed up because it doesn't have YS. What were they thinking? Seriously? <laughs> Ugh. Let's talk about the camera in a sec. But I think that they, are, they have that and they have the quad DAC. And then they yeah. have a beautiful display. And they have you know, wireless charging, which not many phones have these days. Yeah. And they have all kinds of cool things. In a nice package with really good specs. What is it? Snapdragon 845, 6 gigs of RAM, right? Yeah, Micro SD expansion. So whatever it comes with, like 64, I think, can be expanded. Yeah. I mean, look, the battery, even though the battery's a little on the small size, 3300, everybody's been playing with it, says the battery life is holding up. Unlike, by the way, as an aside, I just wanted to mention, I finally took my Note 9 with me on this 10-day trip to Ukraine. Uh, the people there are really nice, and I had a local SIM in the phone. And I was disappointed with battery life. Holy crap, that Note 9 was just not holding up for me. I don't know what was going on. So, you mm. know, don't let battery life... I mean, it was fine. It was just like depleting faster than I expect for a phone yeah. with a 4,000 milliamp battery. It could be because, you, either you, I mean, Ukraine has like problems, you know, in the sense that they just launched 4G. And they launched it on 2,600 megahertz, which, as you know, Ooh. is not very efficient. Yeah. So, but my Note was compatible with those bands, which was, it's an unlocked Note. It was really cool. I was like, oh, I get to use my Pixel 2 XL could not see 2,600 megahertz to save its life, by the way. <laughs> so that was good. But that's just an aside to let you know that, uh, you know, bad, don't judge a phone by the battery by capacity, the size, yeah. right? Just, just, so everybody's pretty happy overall with the battery life on the v40 so i think look you know and even though it is feeling a little on the cheapish side because it's light and the back feels like plastic even though it's glass it's still a glass phone it's still well made you know it's still it's still a flagship and so it's tough because on one hand like they're not marketing in they're selling it a little too much for the expectations if they sold it unlocked and sold it at 800 i think there would be a case for me to advocate strongly for this phone Right. Yeah. Yeah. But at nine hundred, that I can only get through a carrier. Now you're gonna say, and everybody's gonna say this, and it's true that wait a month and it'll be two two hundred less on every carrier, right? Yeah. But two hundred is still seven hundred, and at that point you get the one plus six T to worry about. You have the Mate Twenty Pro to worry oh, about. Yeah. And you're you, the people who are listening to this and listening to Thundee and I talk right now. You are the kind of people who don't bat an eye and buy yourself a Mate Twenty Pro on unlocked from Amazon Gray Market. You'll do it. So I trust that you will make, you have the ability to decide whether you want to buy a V40. And right now you're like, Ugh, what do I do? You know, and, I, and that's part of the problem with, with LG. They don't have the mind share of the, 
the folks like you and me, right? Do you think the uh, pre-order uh, package will, will help? It's coming, if you pre-order, you get the DJI Osmo 2 and 256 gigabyte SSD. I'm sorry, micro SD card uh, with it. I mean, it certainly helps. Like, what was it last? Was it the G7 or the V3 last year where they give you an LG TV if you ordered it from the right carrier? I think yeah, it was I Verizon think it's, for I a while. I think Verizon had the V, yeah, it was the V3. And you know yeah. what? Yes, but I mean, like... Again, now you're talking to a weird part of the market. You're talking about the coupon people, okay? <laughs> and, and I'm nothing wrong with the coupon people. I sometimes use coupons myself, but there's a category of people that's like they're really into it. Yeah. And those are not the kind of people who care about phones. That's so true. you're kind of killing, you're kind of shooting yourselves in the foot. These are the kind of people who are going to buy a mid-range LG phone from their carrier locked and don't care, right? They're not yeah. going to go hunt for an, a V40 because, you know, and so I'm like, I'd much rather you come out at it out, out of the, you know, out of the gate at 800 with unlocked version and, you know, where are the nice fancy colors too? Like all the videos I'm seeing are like black ones and gray ones. And I'm like, LG, you've made red phones and blue phones and purple phones before. Even Samsung is selling like a pink Galaxy Note 9. I have it. Yeah, I think so, I think they have um, they have more colors. I think they said it was four in total, but the US we're getting it's called Morocco blue. But the funny thing is, oh, the Morocco blue is really nice, actually. It, yeah, yeah, but every angle it looks it kind of looks like you know black when you basically move it too around. Too dark. Yeah, yeah, it's too dark. So um, I, again, it's it's our I, it's the same frustration of you guys are almost there and you keep doing certain things that just don't take you to the next level. Listen, LG, if you're listening, and I hope you are, because, you know, I just sent you an email this morning um, so I can get my V40. Um, I want you to know we love you. I think Thundee loves you, too. Yeah. It's just we want you to do better. Like, we, and not better in terms of the hardware and the phone. It's fine. I mean, yeah, the OIS, lack of OIS was definitely on the tele is something we can still talk about. But I'm talking about the pricing, the, like, why are you relying on carriers so much, LG? Like screw the carriers nobody needs the carriers in this country anymore everybody knows that samsung doesn't i mean of course you still need to be friends with them we get it but you don't need them yeah. it's like you don't need them anymore apple has clearly shown that nobody needs carriers although although rumors would dictate that our at least one of our next topics will probably have a carrier friend with oneplus well but that's i think you know the evolution if you're a small player you know, you want to start unlocked, you know, getting a niche market, yeah. you know, build tech savvy early adopters, have them become your friends. And eventually that that's going to die out. I give you an example. Why I think one of the reasons Pebble wasn't able to successfully transition to being competitive with Apple, even though they own the low end of the market. I mean, you could buy a Pebble for $99 at freaking Best Buy and Target. Okay, Target. Yeah. So the point is the reason they did maintain that lead wasn't just because the Apple Watch is an awesome product, because the Apple Watch is an expensive product. It was because they continue to believe that they should be a niche player. And you see, OnePlus is smart. They're understanding that they're at the point now where 
they need to move beyond that status and maybe be taken seriously as a flagship maker. And their prices are going up, reflecting that. Their quality is going up. They are finally making phones with good imaging performance for the first time with the OnePlus 6, and I'm sure the 6T will follow suit. And so they are transitioning right now. And that's why for them, it's actually super critical to get a partnership with a carrier. And I think LG, it's completely the reverse. They've been with carriers forever. They've yeah. been, in fact, being taken advantage of cares forever do you remember how even all the way to the g4 g4 they had a custom version for verizon with oh, custom yeah, yeah, back true. buttons back, yes. it's not that long ago that lg would bend over for the carriers so like come on that's what i'm trying to say yeah you're still thinking like you're like some kind of like Stockholm Syndrome, prisoner of the carriers <laughs> thing here, LG. Like, you need to get out of that mindset and move forward and go like, we are a bona fide Korean master company, like a huge monster of a beast of a company. We make tons of fridges and washing machines and we make tons of phones too. And our phones are awesome. And if you want them carriers, you know, come and talk to us. And yeah. I'm sure the carriers will say, we don't care. But that doesn't matter because they're still going to sell tons of phones if they price them right and they uh, market them right. And they're not doing any of that. That's true. I think it's kind of a vicious cycle. You know, it's kind of like, you know, I talk about electric cars a lot on the show. It's kind of like the existing car companies are not trying really hard to make a good electric car that competes with Tesla right now. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's, it's embedded in their DNA. They can't break out of that, that vicious cycle. It's like, we know, they know what they have to do. They, we know what they have to do and they're not doing it. And LG, I think, is in that weird vicious cycle of poor marketing, 90% phones, and not like getting breaking free from the carrier relationship, at least in the US. And I don't know how they're going to survive long term if they do that, because Huawei is just rising and rising and rising, even though they're not rising in the US, they're becoming so critical. I mean, right now, if you ask me as an engineer who makes the best phones in the world, to me, not in order, not in any particular order, it is Apple, Samsung and Huawei. Oh, no, I definitely There's agree There's no doubt about it. It's not even a contest at this point. Everyone else is way below there. Yeah, Everyone no, else is copycat. That is, that is very true. I, and and I, I do agree with you that thinking that, you know, Huawei has made that push to where the likes of LG, HTC, Motorola had, you know, vacated that number three spot. And the number three spot in mobile is a very big spot. It, you know, some people, may th some people may think that, oh, well, you know, it's a big two. No, it really was a very big spot to hold that number three because you know especially on the android side we've had you know just because samsung's number one doesn't mean that people weren't didn't think like look i want something else there's somebody makes something better or, or different that i like and um and lg at least used to hold that for a while HTC had it for a bit motorola was there in the early earlier days of android and now it's you know Huawei's like you know what we will spend the money i will go there and i i do like their thinking of saying you know, even though the, they're not in the U.S. market by government, you know, restriction, they still were able to become number two, at least in terms of units worldwide, because uh, they decided, look, we needed to do, we need to put words into action for our devices. And that's, uh, like you said, that's what LG is missing in their push for at least some kind of Android uh, market share. Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, I have a feeling Huawei is going to blow our minds in London. I'm going to be there. Um, my little finger tells me that they're going to be like, they're going to be really impressing us. And and they have, a, they have, every time they launch a product lately, it's just like, okay, wow, this is solid. 
this is really competitive. And of course, we don't see it in the US, but like Honor is in the US and they make some great phones. You're playing with the Honor Play right now, so am I. Yeah. And I mean, for the money, $300, that thing slays, right? Oh, it, it is a it is a beast. I mean, it's one of those things where you're going, okay. Uh, I, I think they looked at it and they said, okay, uh, Poco phone came out. You know, they dropped this uh, phone that's three hundred bucks. It's got an eight forty five. We can do the same thing. We've got the Kirin nine seventy processor, uh, and we can offer in a little bit more with our AI capabilities because that's what the nine seventy does, right? Uh, yeah. With this camera, and we can add it to our camera, so we don't have a Poco phone with you know a camera that's. Ugh, you know, you just not caring about this with a device where you're spending three hundred dollars and you're going, huh? You know what? This is actually pretty good, and uh, I'm impressed. I just hope. I, I mean, it's interesting to me because I think uh, obviously, you know, the Poco phone Xiaomi's done a really good job at marketing that thing because it got all the influencers super jazzed up about it, right? Yeah. Not so much the mainstream media, but uh, I mean the tech media. But I mean, like you know, folks like uh, Lou at Unbox Therapy and stuff, like. And I get it. Like I've been, I requested one. I'm really looking forward to getting one at some point. But I think the Honor Play is kind of the untold story here because it is kind of the same market. It's you know geared at gaming primarily, hence the name, because it's got a beautiful big display. Uh-huh. It's got that Kirin 970, which is almost as good as an 845 in terms of uh, performance. Maybe not GPU, but it's definitely up there, right? It's definitely yeah. better than even an 835. And and it's like. The phone is $300. They've got the AI camera, but they scaled it down in quality. And it's actually quite decent. It's not the best in low light. But I used it on this trip to Ukraine, and I took, got some really good photos out of it. For a $300 phone, I'm like, this is perfectly fine. This is honestly probably even better than uh, other $300 phones in terms of imaging. And, and you know, it's, yeah, it's not a glass back. It's a metal body now. But you got to make some compromises when you put your best chip and a great display into a uh, into a phone that also has good speakers so you can play games on it. Yeah. Um. And and I'm like, good job, Honor. And and uh, we're going to talk about Honor some more in the further in the show because of the 8X, because, you know, the 7X last year was kind of like killer for the money. And I'm wondering if they can replicate this with the just freshly announced 8X. But uh, I want to kind of wrap up on the V40 a little bit. And I want to talk about camera because, you know, I'm a camera person. Yeah. Um, so what's your take? You played with the camera. You've had the phone for a bit. Like, we know that the Teller doesn't have OIS, which like the, the U12 is, you know, the HT U12 doesn't have OIS yes, on the yeah. Tele. And that's definitely been an issue for the U12 as well. In fact, in low light, I would use the main camera and zoom in digitally because I would get a better photo usually than using the Tele uh, in low light uh, because of lack of OIS. So, so I, I, you know, the main sensor is, so let's recap really quick. The main sensor, right, is a yeah. 12 megapixel large pixels, F over 1.5, the same as the uh, aperture on the Galaxy S9 and uh, Note 9 when it's in its best, like, low light right. mode, right? Because yeah. it has dual apertures. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's got, um, finally, it's the first uh, G series phone. I'm sorry, a V series phone with a large pixel count, uh, pixel size, because they've always been one micron pixels usually on LG phones. Like they use for the they go for high count pixels, like 16 or 20, but then they go for small pixels. And we all know that big pixels are the way to go, right? Yeah, pretty so, much. So they did that, and then the telephoto is f over. Is it 2.4? No, 2.2. I think I can't remember. I, I think oh it's, no, it's one point nine. It's just the same. It's the same as the oh, G seven. Okay, one point right. nine. 
The wide, the, sorry, that's not the tailor. The ultra wide is 1.9. Ultra wide 1.9, 16 megapixels. It's basically the same camera as it's on the G7. And then we know that one's a pretty solid one. Uh, and then they have this telephoto, which I don't know the f-stop. I think it's f to 2.2 or 2.4. And it's what? Is it 12 megapixel as well? Yeah, I think it's 12 as well on that. And no OIS setting. So the main camera has OIS, by the way, right? I'm yeah. pretty sure it does. The main camera has and, OIS. And so, so apparently, basically, so now you have, you know how you ca carry those lenses for your phone? Some of us do. Yeah. Um, who, who's got Moment as one company? There's another one that's really Oloclip, right? Those are Oloclip the and Moment, Moments are right. the two big moments ones. Moments yeah. are like the big ones. Okay. So imagine instead of carrying all that around every day, you just have three cameras, not just three lenses, but actually three cameras to choose from. And so in a way, it's good that you have the three lenses, but at the same time, it means that you're going to get different quality because the sensors are different. There's no, no OIS on the other two, et cetera. So so in practice, how has it been for you? Did you find that you were more creative? Did you find that you, are you happy with the system? I, um, I've, I got mixed results, results from it. So the one thing I'll say though, if you're taking portrait photos, the bokeh is very, very rich on okay. this. Um, so it really does that well if you really want to get that uh, deep bokeh and also from a distance. So, you know, the typical bokeh is, you know what, I think th uh, three feet away max, if I'm not mistaken, uh, that right. they, t they tell you. You can, uh, I mean, I've taken photos standing 10 feet away. Uh, they are little discrepancies, but you can still get the kind of image that you want. So I do like that with it. I think my problem has been a lot of discrepancies. I'm not sure. Part of me is not sure is if it's some of the processing they do uh, or is it something to do with the, you know, just the, the lenses and uh, themselves because uh, some of the low light photography at certain points, I had a couple of pictures I took in my video. Uh, I was having a dinner with a friend. I took a photo. It looked great. I was like, oh, this is fantastic. I'm like, stay right there. And I took three more photos just to see how I would, you know, cope after just taking a series of photos of the same thing. And the two others just looked slightly off. Uh, uh -huh. And he, you know, it was the same, it was lit by one candle. Um, he was in the same position and it still gave me slightly, slightly different looks with those photos. And I found that continually with, with it, just me taking a lot of low light photos. Um, the, the, the ultra wide is nice. It's just, you know, I would, sometimes I want to actually do uh, some vlogging or recording with that ultra wide, especially, you know, when they're talking about the DJI oh, yeah. gimbal, you know, you want to, mm -hmm. I mean, Comic-Con is coming up this weekend in New York and I would, you know, I would love to try that out there, but it's going to look terrible just like it, it did on the you know on the g7 so i'm like i don't really want to use that at all to record video because it just becomes pretty much a hot mess at that point um and i think i think they're that's why i say i felt like I, they're almost there and it's uh, don't get me wrong it does take some really nice photos the ai sharpening i think they do a real good job there so you when you take a photo with ai cam on and you take one with ai cam off it's subtle. So it's not one of those super punchy feels, kind of like what Huawei, Huawei has a very punchy feel with their AI. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. This this is toned back down where you're like, oh, okay, that's nice. I, I like that. I like the touch that you gave me there as opposed to just the normal auto mode. So it, like I said, it's a bit hit or miss with the camera. Right. I, I feel that some things might be fixed with software, but with the lack of OIS, there's just certain things that you just can't. You know, do, do you think it's it's 
it, yeah, I was going to say, you think it's just software because maybe it was an early production you got? Because, I, like, uh, you know, Michael Fisher and I did a video together. You guys should check it out. So I'm going to put it in the show notes. It's a, We did a video. We both did our own videos of the uh, Toyota Mirai, the hydrogen-powered car. Yeah. It's an electric car that's powered by hydrogen. And we actually use a G7 for most of our production work simply, uh, like, because of the wide angle. Uh, and we didn't gimbal mount it for most of it. And, I mean, obviously, uh, it came out really well, but we didn't do any low-light stuff, right, to be clear. Mm -hmm. So I'm generally pretty happy with the ultra-wide angle on the G7 simply because nobody else has an ultra-wide angle that does f of 1.9. But you're right, OIS would just be a little extra or some sort of... uh, digital stabilization when doing video right would be really good so yeah uh, it's interesting i i'm i mean you're right i think it's still not good enough to use for all the things you want to do but i i'm hoping that they can tweak some stuff in software yeah i I believe so i mean in terms of software the when i got my device they said no this is final it's just whatever you get in terms of updates will come from carrier um, so at least we were told that we had final software. So we did, you did get carrier devices. What, what carrier did they give you? Uh, no carrier devices. No, it was, uh, it was non-carrier specific. Oh, so um, they're unlocked. Oh, cool. Unlocked, yeah. So, uh, I mean, that's, that's what they stated. So I, like I said, I, I'm, not, I'm, I don't, I don't hate the images. It's just, it's a little, it's a little weird. I think the, the part that I think annoyed a lot of people is the ultra, the wide on the front facing camera. It's just not oh. wide enough. <laughs> and it's only it's only five megapixel too. So not only is it not wide, but like it's really kind of low quality, God, right? Yeah, exactly. So you know, you, you, when you when you when you see, you know, it's got a wide. I'm like, okay, this is great. And you hit the button, you're like, hmm. I was like, I have long hands, so I can stretch this a little bit more. But uh, you guys were promising me something wider than this, so I was yeah. hoping. It kind of feels like how not to bring Samsung back in, but you know how Samsung's front facing camera has not really improved, although they keep talking about it every year. Uh, (laughs) so like guys it's the same sensor or you've used it for a while i know it's kind of funny and i think the other thing too is that uh you know the feeling i get from from the the v40 is that they basically basically the same setup as the v10 was in the front you know regular and wide but and it at least the regular camera is better high resolution eight megapixel but yeah the v10 had a really wide second front camera and this is you know i saw the comparisons on some on various uh reviews and it's definitely not worth the extra camera like you're like it's barely wide enough and you're giving me five megapixel. What's the point? Now, of course, it lets him do bokeh a little bit better, I presume. How yeah. is the front-facing camera for that? Uh, it, for me, in my case, it's been a lot of misses and then hits. Uh, so what got, you're saying is that a Pixel 2 XL takes a better front-facing bokeh photo with a single camera, right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, this yeah, basically you know, chops off side of my head. almost. This, in, almost this happens image. so much. It's like, how is it that Google, with just basically run-of-the-mill sensors and lenses on the front and back of their phones, manages to... It's just software, you know? Yeah. And it just goes to show you, like, it's crazy to me that you know, it's like when the U12 had dual front-facing camera, right? Yeah. Like, why? Like, it doesn't do anything. The bokeh sucks. Uh, the front camera is kind of meh. It's like, you you spend all this money on extra hardware, and we're not seeing any of the results of it, you know? So, yeah. That, that is true. Um, they also announced a watch. Yes. Did you get to play with it? The Watch W7. Yes. It's kind of crazy. 
It is. It's been getting a lot of flack, uh, for, I've noticed, from a lot of people. Let, let's just t tell folks, in case you missed it, it's got um, analog hands, like real physical hands with a motor that move the hands yes. over top of apparently an LCD display. Did I get that right, or is it OLED? I think it's an OLED display. Okay, it looks it's really got to nice. be OLED because it's yeah. LG, right? So, okay, yeah. on top of OLED, which makes perfect sense because it makes it even thinner because it's hard. It's probably a pretty thick watch because of all that stuff in there. Yeah. And it doesn't have, and here is really weird, it doesn't have a heart rate sensor, which, as you know, today, if you're going to have a smart watch, you need to at least have basic, you know, um, fitness and health tracking, and heart rate is important. So... You used it. You played with it. What was your thoughts? Oh, I love it. I, okay. I mean, I absolutely love it because I am, I am a watch person. I like regular watches. And um, I mean, for me, just to give people some background to my thinking, uh, I like the functionality of the Apple Watch. The, the tech, the things it does, I hate the design and I hate the battery life. So for me, right. it doesn't mentally work. I like the Galaxy Watch for its design. And it's better battery life, but it doesn't have all the functionalities of the Apple Watch. So I rather would go with a watch that gives me that styling and that will last as long. And, um, you know, the fitness part isn't there with the heart rate sensor. But honestly, I if I'm going to spend $450, i am not going to use it in the gym. I, right, I just, I totally. just will not use it. I'll get, I'll get a Fitbit. I'll get something that is a true tracker that does that. But that I, makes I, sense. I love the I love the functionality. Now, some people complained. I, I just was going through Twitter and looking at what some people talked about. It was like, oh, you have to hit the button to read uh, uh, your your messages or things like that. And not really. You can really read it without hitting the button. It's if it's really a long conversation, you want to actually go through that. You can. You just have to hit the button to 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 give you that separation. The Wear OS has been tailored for the arms themselves, so it actually works pretty well with it uh, without you feeling like it's it's being cluttered. But the, right. the, the build and design, it looks really nice. I, I think right. it's geared to someone who wants a smartwatch. I mean, who wants a smartwatch that's really more like a watch Right. And and it's not concerned about looking and spending time on the, on the smartwatch. Like, okay, I see my notifications. This is fine. Um, I can always check it on my phone. I think that's who it's geared for. And presumably, it has good battery life, right? Because it's the display is off unless it gets a notification or something. And it's just, it just always shows the time because it always has the physical hands, which is one of the things I have always have on on, on my watches, at least the ones that support that feature is the always on display because I want to be able to read the time just glancing at it without any gestures. Yeah. And Apple Watch is one one of the reasons I'm not a big fan is because I, it fails at being a watch, which is should should show the time always. Um, but I think battery life obviously is a big issue. And you know, Qualcomm did the Snapdragon Wear 3100 yeah. uh, announcement that is gonna has like a low power uh, coprocessor that yeah. you know like can can drive the display for just displaying the time. So I guess LG is kind of working around that by having analog real hands, which I think is a really interesting thing. You're right; people have been very negative in the news about this so far, and I think maybe they're not just getting what the market for it is. I think you nailed it, saying you know you wouldn't wear this in the gym. This is just a way to get a nice nice mechanical watch with the bonus of notifications and you know apps and other features on your wrist right yeah, yeah it's it's a when you actually see it it is a well-crafted timepiece i'll give you just a description of what happened at the event they announced both the, they, they spent time on the phone and then they announced the watch and then we went upstairs to go take a look at devices 
everyone was over the watch. Right. Literally. You know, a few people around the phone, but everyone was kind of trying to find out what this watch is. And when you look at it, it's well-crafted. It's crafted by a... Um, I believe it's a, a Swiss uh, time maker and it, it looks like something that, yes, you spent money on this, you know, as opposed to a lot of um, smartwatches out there, which, you know, the, it kind of looks premium but when you spend time with it, you're like, okay, maybe not so much. So it really is going for that crowd and LG saying, here, look, you know what, this is what this should be. I, probably they will have a fitness uh, focused uh, smartwatch down the line and say, okay, this is more uh, in tune with uh, Snapdragon Wear 3100 because you've yeah, got- Yeah, no, that makes the, sense. Yeah, you've got that fit and feel. But I mean, like I said, I, I like the watch and I love the fact that, yeah, it's got a 100-day battery life in just watch mode, which is basically- That's you've got the pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. No, you yeah. expect that. How does it charge? Is it contacts? Is it wireless? What, what's the deal? It's contact. So it's, you've got a charging dog. So basically, they use the old, the old base that they had for the last- uh, LG watch, or, watch. Well, LG watch or Bay, you know, I can't remember which Whatever one. it was, yeah, no, yeah. Yes. Uh, and I was hoping for wireless charging on yeah, that. Yeah, me too. It, especially those just contacts the, wear out, man. Like every watch I've had for over a year that has the middle contacts on it has, you know, had issues charging because I need to clean the contacts. They get dirty, they get corroded and stuff. stuff so, yeah. Yeah. I have uh, currently have the Galaxy watch and uh, the big one, the 46 millimeter. And I'm yeah. really, really happy and impressed with it, to be frank. It's been great. Uh, so far, it's been probably one of my best smartwatches. And I'm, you know, considering I'm a Wear OS person, this is Tizen. It's a, it's actually pretty good. And I'm really looking forward to the new Wear OS watches, especially the ones running with the Snapdragon Wear 3100. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing, there are rumors of Huawei making a smartwatch again. Um, that That is something I'm excited about as well, because uh, the Watch 1, the original Huawei one. watch. Yeah. Was my was a really nice smartwatch. Um, it had small bezel, large screen. It wasn't too thick. I mean, it looked really, really looked the part. Now I have a watch two that I was wearing before the Galaxy watch, and the Huawei watch two was kind of a step down. I felt from the Huawei watch one. I would and I, I put I put a leather band on it, so it's a little more stately looking. Uh, but because that rubber band kind of sucks, and I'm playing. I, I, lo I love the, I love the way you just call it stately looking. That's stately, <laughs> yes. Oh dear. Oh darling, bring the tea. Uh, yeah, you know that kind of thing. And so I was actually uh, looking at getting a leather band for my watch, uh, my Galaxy watch as well, because the plastic bands are not really my thing. Yeah. Um, but so, you know, I'm glad that you bring a counterpoint to this discussion because, yeah, I, you know, as a watch person, somebody who worked at Pebble for a while and stuff, I, I, well, I'm fond of good watches. And I was like, what's all this negativity? Like, I, I, I kind of thought to myself, I'm going to reserve judgment until I try to try one out. But at the same time, uh, you know, you did, and you're a watch guy, and so I'm glad to kind of hear your take, and it's kind of different from the others, so good stuff. Um, yeah, so I think, look, we got some other stuff we want to talk about. We kind of touched on it a little bit on the OnePlus 6 and the uh, Honor 8X, OnePlus 6T, sorry, and yeah. Honor 8X. I want to kind of get some of that out of the way so we can talk about Microsoft's announcement because you're a headphone guy. I'm a headphone person. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's some headphones in there too. So um, the reason I'm bringing the OnePlus 6T up again is because uh, uh, there's a story on CNET. It's an in exclusive interview with Pete Lau, who's one of the co-founders of OnePlus. And he actually, you know, reveals and confirms a bunch of stuff in there, including the in-display fingerprint reader and the lack of headphone jack. Um, so I presume like all of us, 
pretty much everyone universally. The OnePlus 6 uh, hit all the buttons for you, right? It was yeah, a good phone. You it was, happy, it was right? solid, yeah. Yeah, and so you're looking forward to the OnePlus 60 doing the same and just iterating on that good feeling, yeah? I am. I was looking for that, yeah. Yeah, so what is your, you know, how do you feel right now knowing that it's coming soon and that we have some solid, solid information on from Pete in this interview. Are you, how are you feeling about the uh, in-display in fingerprint reader, about the lack of headphone jack? Uh, I mean, I, I like the in-display in fingerprint reader. Um, it, it still has a way to go, I think, but I, I like the fact that it just adds a sense of wow for a product segment and pricing that is not you know, high-end. Uh, it it kind of adds a little bit of that high-end factor to it, which is great, especially if the rumors are true that T-Mobile is picking it up. So, if, you know, for for the U.S. carriers, that's, you know, for U.S. audience. I think you're right. Thing. That yeah. is totally, I think a combination of the teardrop notch, the in-display fingerprint reader, which would be the first of an officially sold in the U.S. device, and both of these things, and the fact that it's supposed to be, uh, you know, available for purchase at T-Mobile stores. Uh, I hope they make a John uh, like a John Ledger uh, purple pink edition. Oh, that would be really cool, yes, right? Yes. That would be that would be dope. Uh, but uh, you know, I'm I think this, this is a good combo. This is a combo that will get some attention and hopefully some sales. Um, so I'm hundred percent with you on this. The the in display, of course, needs to prove itself. Um, I've used some that. Uh, so far, we're kind of iffy, not as good as I wanted to, a little slow. So I'm hoping that this one is kind of like the final, you know, finally the generation of in-display fingerprint reader that we feel is fast and adequate enough to that we don't have to think to worry about it anymore, and it's just there and we use it, right? Yeah. Um, that and good face ID, which obviously OnePlus has done so far, would be uh, would go a long way, I think, to making this. Uh, be working properly for us so the the thing though the other thing that is obviously a bit of a bummer to me is the lack of headphone jack so what do you, how do you feel about that i mean it's to me it's it's sad and, and i think it's also it, it points to two things uh and i had this discussion with a few friends actually about this yesterday i think one is the fact that um truly oneplus does not listen to his fans because clearly. They, they clearly stated this, uh, and fans were like, "No, I think the poll they put up said sixty to forty said no. Please leave the headphone jack." And two, uh, actually, I'll say three things. And two, uh, Rumpus is forgetting its largest consumer base, which is India, where right. Um, oh yeah, important. It's really important to have a headphone jack. I'm not, you know, not everyone there. I'm, I'm you know, at least I'm guesstimating has wireless headphones. So having a headphone jack and having headphones you've had. For for at least a little bit of time is something you can easily plug in. And I think it's just disregarding one of its biggest bases that really loves the phone because, you know, with the OnePlus, you know, OnePlus fans talked about so many things like, you know, we have the headphone jack, Apple doesn't, and my phone's only $529 and it does, you know, all these different things. And now you can't make that claim. And I think the third thing is they're beholden to the fact that their devices in terms of hardware design is based on what Oppo does. So right. it really isn't a matter of fact of uh, this is what they're trying to do. And I think they should stop selling that narrative because it just really is false and just go with the fact that, look, this is the design we have now and this is what we're using. Yeah, look, I agree with you on that narrative. It drives me nuts. I keep telling them about it. I called Carpe out on his tweets in the show last week 
I really feel like, you know, you got to stop making excuses and shoveling BS at people. It's like, you're either just going to say, you know, we decided this is a cost thing. We decided this is, you know, like, even if I don't agree with the battery life, bigger battery thing, that's kind of like if you want. But if you say, look, this is the design we get from BBK. It doesn't include headphone jack, so we're going with it. Like, even if you spin that in a way that's reasonably understandable by people, mm-hmm. we won't like it, but at least it doesn't feel like BS. That is very and, true. Right? And then the other thing is, is it made room for the in-display fingerprint. Please <laughs> give me a break. That, that and the battery made room for the battery. It's, it's BS. What... If you really applied yourself, you'd have a headphone jack. It's just not a design that was available to you. Yeah. And yes, it's inevitable that eventually you're going to drop the headphone jack. I just feel like it's too early, especially for the OnePlus audience, especially, as you said, India. I never thought of that. That's a really good argument. Um, I'm bummed because, honestly, the OnePlus 6 sounds really good on headphones. If you Once you switch that setting that's hidden in the menu mm-hmm. to turn on the high-quality sound thing, it's like... Holy crap balls, this holds its own. Um, and now we're going to be losing that because who knows how good that DAC and headphone amp are going to be on that $9 external dongle, right? Yeah. Uh, assuming it's a digital dongle, maybe they'll go with an analog dongle, in which case they keep the DAC and and the headphone amp inside the phone. But then why not add a connector? Hello? <laughs> I mean, oh God, it's so difficult for me to wrap my head around this whole thing. So yeah. It was because of the courage Apple showed. Um. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. The courage. Oh, boy. Yeah, so, you know, that's one thing. Um, and so, interesting interview. I'll link it in the show notes. Have a look. It's it's uh, it's worthy reading. Uh, it's going to be at least another, uh, oh, probably two or three weeks before we see that OnePlus 6T. So, yeah. uh, you know, some, some good reading to keep yourselves all oiled up for that purchase. Ha, <laughs> Um, and then uh, the Honor 8X. So the Honor 8X, again, as I said earlier, I'm excited because I liked the Honor 7X last year. I thought that for $200, $250, whatever it was, it was a really good phone for the money. It surprised in many ways when I actually used it. Um, now, you know, things have changed a lot. You can get some really good phone. For, like, you can get a lot of phone for $200 now. You can get, like, to me, the, the Moto G6 uh, was a really solid phone in that price point, especially with glass back and its design. So it's interesting that the Honor 8X has glass back now, um, has the AI camera from the Honor 10, uh, Honor Play, uh, P20, P20 Pro, including, and this blew my mind, and I don't know if you saw this, and I know, I know you have a phone, so I'm wondering uh, if you notice this, but it has the night mode. The 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 tripod. The, you don't need a tripod. Six second up to six seconds stabilized. I thing. Uh, thanks for letting me know because I actually will try that out. I had no idea. Yeah, it has that. Can you believe it has that on a two hundred and fifty dollar phone? Ooh. Because it's it's got the on the what is it the Kirin seven seventy in there. So yeah, so exactly. it's got like the kind of mid range ish higher quality mid-range chip yeah. like the equivalent of a snapdragon 660 or something and and to me that means that they're trickling down now some of their uh ai slash machine learning stuff to their cheaper processors yeah and making that available i think to me that's going to be if that phone is sold in the i don't know what the deal is with that phone is it going to be sold in the u.s it will be sold in the US. As far as I know, it will be sold in the US. Um, it's an interesting device. It's you know I've seen some people who've done reviews. I get the I guess they got it early, or I guess they just said it was a review. But uh, some people called it the iPhone XS Max of the budget range. 
Because it could be because the Seven X last year felt very much like uh, you know the best phone in the two hundred two hundred fifty dollar range. Um, yeah, it's money, it's so. it's well built. I mean, so far I, I haven't actually played with it much because I opened it up and I was playing around with it and I had to literally run to the uh, LG V forty fans. Right, right. Totally. Um, but it, it it did feel really solid, and you know I was looking at it and and. I really thought it was about 300. So I was a little confused at first. I was like, is this 300? Because the play's 300. And then I had to check my, my emails to see the pricing, at least the suggested pricing that they mentioned. And I was like, oh, okay. This is, this is very, very interesting. And I think the only thing that I'm concerned about is positioning and the fact that they have a little bit too many devices. So they've got the yeah, Honor. Yeah, they do have a lot, yeah. Uh, the Honor 10 is another one. It's yeah, 500 a- and... Yeah. Yeah, the um, Honor 10, there's the Honor, Honor View 10, there is the Honor Play, and then we also have the right. you know, Honor Well, 8X. technically the View 10 is six months old, so it doesn't count anymore as a new <laughs> phone, right? Yeah. Uh, but I think you're right, it's con- because they still sell all of these phones. And then I think the other thing that's a little weird about the 8X mapping, so it's got the, you know, last year I kind of knocked the 8X for a few things, the 7X for a few things. It didn't have a uh, glass back. I wanted a glass back. It didn't have... Um, it, did, it didn't have NFC. I don't know if the 8X has NFC. I didn't look at the specs, but that was an issue for me. Uh, so you can't do, you know, Android, Google Pay. Uh, but let's see if they remedy that. And then the final thing that they did last year that I didn't like, but they didn't remedy this year, is they didn't switch to USB Type-C. It's still micro mm-hmm. USB. Mm-hmm. What? Like, I maybe I get it for Indian market or something, but, like, you're selling this in the US. Like, you have USB-C on the Honor Play that's only $50 more. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, just, I, it's I, just so random. I, I don't understand that. And I think that, you know, it's it's one of those things that it's a little, I, I, I get it. And I also don't get it because I'm going, okay, at this price point, you can kind of argue, you know, uh, micro because you're saying people who are buying at this price point, you know, have devices like this that they can at least move forward with. But on the other hand, too, it's it's really limiting and it's causing fragmentation in just your, you know, charging of all your devices in your device range. So uh, it's uh, fragmenting your bag <laughs> of goodies. Yes, yeah. yes. Well, it depends sure. who you are. If you're us, it definitely fragments your bag because we're USB-C all the way. Mm-hmm. So, and speaking of that, yes. this is the perfect segue towards the Microsoft announcements where USB-C was absent of everything except the Studio 2 and the headphones. Surface headphones, yeah. So so let's talk about the, uh, you were there, I presume? Maybe? Yes, I was there. Uh, because it's New York, so I assume you would have gone. I tried really to come to New York this week for this because I was like going to do the twofer of the uh, Microsoft and the LG, but... You know, I just got back from this conference where I spoke in the in Ukraine, and so I was just like, I don't think I can make it happen. It's too tight, and it didn't happen. So I'm bummed I couldn't go. But uh, tell us what you think. I mean, obviously the the Surface uh, Six, is, Surface Pro Six, is just an update to the five, and then the this lap the laptop, so the Surface Laptop Two, is an update to the Surface Laptop. Um, specs wise, they're all improved, but there's no physical design differences in those, right? I, they look I, like exactly the same as before. I've, the laptop too looks exactly the same before, except you know you have it in matte black as well. The oh, surf- yeah, the new color, right? Yeah, matte this, black for both. Both the Surface Pro Six. I felt I was holding it. I felt it was a little thinner, but 
I wasn't sure because I even asked a few Microsoft reps and they're like, no, we don't think so. But then you're looking at it, you're going, it kind of feels that way. Yeah. So, but that's the only thing I, I question. Um, I will say this though, Panos does a fantastic job of selling because the rumors, I knew the rumors and I was like, okay, it's probably this. It's probably a refresh because this doesn't feel like a big event. He comes up stage and he does his thing and I was feeling more excited about checking out the device afterwards. <laughs> so I no, give him- Panos is really good, yeah. Yeah, I, I give him kudos for doing that. Um, but but I think I think in terms of build and finish with the matte black, it just feels a little better because they had um, the different colors side by side and when you feel it, it i don't know whether it's the matte finish itself just makes it feel a little bit better as a device and i am very happy it's got the it's got a quad core processor in there now um, yeah so it's got a gen 8 processor yeah, on both the, the, those those machines yeah yeah you know it's interesting because i was i don't know whose review i was watching i think it might have been the verges uh where they said that obviously because the the surface pro is made of magnesium and the surface laptop is made of aluminum even though they both have a new matte black finish option they're actually physically different feeling and looking finishes because of the different material underneath mm-hmm. yeah so it's, it's very true so the, uh, did you notice that or is that, is that really obvious? Or um, I mean, I, I didn't think about the materials. I felt they felt different, but they felt, I was comparing, because I have both um, last year's versions of both devices. And I felt like they just felt different to both, you know, both uh, generations from the past. But I think they're probably right because you will definitely get a different feel and finish for each one. Uh, in comparison, that just wasn't really ringing in my head. It was more comparing to last year's uh, surfaces. Right, right, totally. Yeah. And then the Studio 2 strangely still has a 7th gen chip in it, a mobile chip, because as you know, the Studio is a pretty small enclosure and they're not putting desktop-grade chips in there. But they did bump the graphics performance significantly, right? They put some new, I think, NVIDIA chips in there? Yeah, yeah they've got the 1070 in there, which means that I could edit video quite well. And, Are you getting one? Uh, I, I mean, the things Sunday I can't. Studio Two. I, I can't justify it though. I do have. I have, <laughs> I have a big rig here that I just can't justify oh, the cost. Oh yeah, you have it. You don't need it. You've got all the things. Yeah, yeah I get it. Yeah, it, it looks nice though. I, I would say in terms of what they showed in performance and having that there, I was just and I I threw this out to them. I said, look, you've got the new uh, Surface. Um, oh God, the big screens that you can write on the Surface. Uh, I can't remember what it's called again. The office um, surfaces that are oh, oh yeah yeah the 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 the, the big Microsoft uh, the displays that you use in the uh, uh, in the, in a boardroom boardrooms yeah and that has a modular upgrade setup and I was like guys you need to bring that into the studio and totally it, and it, you know even if I can just swap my graphics cards twice in you know two years I will gladly do this and then I will upgrade to the next one um, because this will actually allow us because you're looking at graphics design houses to use this kind of stuff and they're not going to necessarily upgrade every year but if they're upgrading the card you're still getting their business and keeping them in I, I think the reason they redid a whole new one is because they, the display is also brighter I hear and oh. it has more contrast so I guess it's a new display as well oh it is one. it is it is beautiful i, I mean uh, they had yeah. they they had an artist sit down and he was just sketching uh, a few things and you could see the colors and just I, it was to me it was the gradient of colors especially just black and how you could see that gradient go all the way through and i'm like oh yeah man i wish i, I had that skill which i don't but I, it was just it was good to see uh, on that display 
Yeah, and then they switched to pure SSDs as well because I think the last studio had some hybrid drive hybrid, option yeah. or something. Mm -hmm. So that's that's exciting. But what I'm most excited about, and you probably are too, because we're both kind of headphones people, uh, are the Surface headphones. And as an aside, I just want to say I am using currently, I for this trip to Ukraine, I took with me the Sony uh, Mark III 1000, mm -hmm. whatever they are, the 1000X WH-1000XM3. Yeah. Uh, what, an, what, a, bleh, what a salad of words and letters that is. But uh, I am really impressed with them. They're really solid. Once I turned on LDAC on my phone mm -hmm. and I tweaked the EQ setting a little bit because they're a little too bass heavy for my taste and I recognize that for other people it's going to hit the sweet spot and I totally am okay with that. But for me, once I tweaked it a little bit and turned LDAC on, I, I was like, as an audio person, I can live with these now. And then on top of that, I was blown away by the sound, by the noise noise canceling performance, and by the um, the, uh, the the battery life performance. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I I love I love those headphones. Amazing. Yeah, those those headphones are uh, Sony did. You're right. Sony did a fantastic job on those headphones. And uh, if you're an audio, if you're an audio audiophile, you will definitely love what at least that those headphones are doing in terms of uh, music. But yeah. uh, the Microsoft uh, Surface headphones are interesting. Uh, that's the way I would start it off because uh, design-wise, it's nice. It, it kind of mirrors uh, uh, design from uh, and, uh, Bang & Olufsen's uh, H-series headphones. Uh, right. They've got the the dial on the left ear cup that you know turns your noise cancellation 13 yeah, levels. Yeah, I saw that. It. So you can adjust the level of it, which is really kind of an interesting idea. It is really cool because it's really quick. Um, and at least in that setting, because, you know, it's it's uh, hands-on, it's really loud, people are talking. Um, it worked very well. Now, I, would, I wouldn't say maybe it's as good as anyone else. Again, it's just a brief... Uh, uh, I had a brief test with it, but I thought it worked well. What I was not impressed was the audio. Um, oh, really? It was yes, disappointing? It was, it was a bit disappointing because, and I'm hoping it's just because it's not finalized and, you know, they're not sure. So for me, I felt there was a lot of, there was a lot of reverb coming in. Uh, then I, when I say a lot, this is for me, I call it a lot, but there was some reverb coming in. And I think the bass, the amount of bass in there was really crushing the sound space. So uh, you, you really, you know, I, I usually like to listen to uh, either Billy Jean or Michael Jackson whenever I'm testing new headphones uh, because I just want to hear those highs come through. Uh, as yep. much as possible and it just didn't hit and i was like oh come on guys you know like we need to sort this out that i understand maybe there's a lot of you know people are interested in bass but if you're looking at this as a work uh and you know uh, a business and casual hybrid i don't think you necessarily need that kind of high you know high amount of bass there i kind of think beats did us a, 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 a disfavor <laughs> by making such like bass-heavy headphones that generally sound very flat and kind of crappy mm -hmm. um, in the mid and high end because people that's what people define as good sound today, and it just blows. It's like there are so many headphones you can buy for less than $300, wired ones, and some wireless ones that totally obliterate 
in terms of sound quality, anything you can buy from Beats, and even some wireless uh, ones today that are, whether they're noise canceling or not, that, that are really solid, like those Sonys I've been testing, Dumba, yeah. that you like, like, you know, and, and the Sonys are a bit bass heavy, and but you can tweak that at least, which is nice, and you can tweak it in the EQ, in the DSP, in the headphones through the Sony app, so you yeah. don't have to change the settings on your phone, which is really important to me, because really that EQ setting should stay with the headphones. To That's me. very true. It, exactly, right? And so, so to me, that's kind of like, how can they, so many companies still miss on sound quality? Like, it's the whole point of headphones, folks. You're making these things for three to $400. Like, hello? Yeah. Like, and, and get I, your shit together. And I think that's the thing that, um, you know, when I was talking to the Microsoft engineers who, at least the PR guys, the PR engineering team, um, they couldn't give me an answer that I, I, I thought was direct to what my sound problem you know, was with this. Um, and it comes again, Microsoft is not an audio company. So to me, yeah. I was, I was really skeptical in this because I said, you know, if you had partnered with someone as like, okay, look, we know what Samsung has done. They've just bought AKG and we know that's going to infuse into their products as that thing moves on down the line. So we should see better audio performance, or at least even, at least now they're giving us better earbuds in the in their devices but For you sure. don't you don't have that uh, in microsoft we don't have we may have maybe sound engineers doing tweaking on windows so that windows gives you at least the best sound output but not in terms of audio reproduction of drivers you know so part yeah, of me totally. goes are you selecting the right you know drivers for these headphones do they drive the audio well and then the rumored price at 350 i said forget it i'll just tell you buy the sony's and be done yeah, I mean, right now, honestly, if you have $350 to spend, I even have, like, you know, depending on what your life is like, if you're just sitting at home in a quiet place, sitting at your desk, I'd say buy, like, Bayer Dynamic DT990 Pro, oh, buy AKGs, oh, buy Sennheisers, whatever, you, right? Thank you, thank right? you. But if you are going to take these things on the subway, in an airplane, on the go, and you don't want the wire, there is absolutely no doubt about it right now. You don't even have to shop and compare. Just get the Sonys and be done with it. Seriously. Like, they're that good. I am totally blown away by them. At that price point, you're done. So, you know, where where are you? Why are you Microsoft? Honestly, where are you Bose? Honestly, where are you Bowen and Wilkins? I mean, all these companies are making things that are okay, but they're not hitting the mark in every category. It's kind of weird to me. Yeah, it, it is. And then that's why I said for me, it was a little strange when I heard that. And I was hoping to hear that they had partnered with someone or they had reached out to, you know, whether it was a bare dynamic, because we all know who's partnered with different people now to, to create this. Or even if it was Bang & Olsen, I would say, okay, okay, so I know where this is coming from. Because even I think some of the thing that I felt was off is that it wasn't tuned right. So maybe even that would help what they're trying to do is that do you have a company, a reliable company tuning your headphones? Here's the other thing, right? Like, and, and I think like if you buy a pair of like wired headphones, you can't tune them in the headphones. There's no electronics. There's no active components, right? You just yeah. have to tune the drivers probably. And it's really hard. I get that. But once you add like all this computer DSP stuff in the headphones for the wireless connectivity and for the noise canceling, you have no reason to not have an audio file come in and say, here's the best EQ, in my opinion, for these mm -hmm. headphones. Because then you can just tweak it and make it part of the firmware and you're done. Like you absolutely have no reason. You can actually go with slightly worse drivers and compensate in software. It, no, it's exactly so. And it reminds me of uh, uh, um, a company, um, uh, HyperX uh, Kingston. 
they even though these are gaming headphones, they have no gaming history. Um, right. They use basically off-the-shelf parts, and they have come in and they've released a pair of set up just a, a, a series of headphones that I was truly shocked, and I went seriously. I thought this was going to be completely crap. So, and they told me, I, I, you know, I spoke to them and they were like, yeah, we use, you know, a couple you know, companies, we use this company to, to tune our headphones on. And I was like, oh, okay, no. So at least you did your homework and you realized we needed somebody to actually do this right for us. And which is, which is what I'm hoping that Microsoft will do before this comes out. I'm not disregarding the headphones. I think there's a lot of uh, cool opportunity there. Um, and also, but one of the things I found interesting, I don't know if you did too, is the fact that they announced that, you know, it had Cortana built in, but we also know how they've just disregarded Cortana at the same time. I'm going, <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, should I use it? Uh, I'm not sure why you added it in there. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think they're kind of, it feels to me like they're dipping their feet in the water of this kind of like Cortana assistant and everything. Uh, and, and it's fair. I Look, I, I think the world is better for it when we have choice in, and I really hope they can sort it out. I think the design looks really hot. I, 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 want, I want them to, I wish them best. I want them to succeed with this. Yeah. Uh, quickly before we, we run off, I want your thoughts on the HP Spectre Folio, which is that crazy leather two-in-one mm-hmm. laptop converts into a tablet in this totally weird leathery way. Uh, you were there. I wasn't. I got the press release from HP. I was like, whoa, this looks hot. But I mean, you played with it. What are your thoughts real quick? It, it handled well. It was, it, it, it's interesting. I mean, if you like leather, um, by all means, this thing is a beautiful device. Uh, and the crafting and some of the, you know, I had a couple of questions for the designer who was right there trying to answer questions. You know, I said, number one, can you easily fix this? He's like, yeah, we built it in such a way where, um, if you take once you take out the keyboard, the motherboard is exposed, and you can go ahead and change because this it's one of the smallest motherboards on a 13 inch laptop. Uh, they worked with right. Intel, so they're like it's easy to jump in and change whatever you want because he actually uses a M.2. It's not soldered on the board or anything. So, oh, very nice. Yeah, wow. so I was like, okay, all right, you guys have solved that. And I'm like, the second thing, heat. Um, you know, it's leather. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. It absorbs the heat. That's not good. Yeah, it's like it's leather. It's just like, you know, which is why we went with the magnesium chassis, which basically allows, you know, it prevents a lot of that heat going through. Uh, and I'm like, well, the leather will still expand, right, at some point. So yeah, yeah. I, I don't know about that. They, they claim that, no, that won't be the case, at least for a while. So uh, I, I would just have to say that it really felt, it felt solid. It was one of those things where, it felt like uh, when you hear the announcement, you go, what is this? Who was drinking at work? <laughs> you know? Yeah, and, totally. And then when you start playing with the device, you're going, wow, okay, you actually did your homework. So somebody drank, dreamt up something crazy, but still what it was able to execute. So far in terms of just the hands-on, it looked like they executed a polished design all the way through. And it's just we just have to wait and see if the device itself actually holds up. Um, cool. you know, down the line. But I, I really liked it. I liked what I saw. Yeah, it's intriguing to me. I'm going to request a review in it just simply because I think it looks really hot. And, uh, you know, I'm not a huge fan of HP's design. Every now and then, though, they surprise us with something. And this is up there to me in, yeah. in terms of like, wow, okay, I want to try it. Cool. Well, listen, Thundee, thanks for being on the show. I want you to tell everyone where they can find you on the internet. If they don't know, they're probably in a cave somewhere. But at the same time, please just let them know. 
First off, I want to say thank you very much. This has been an absolute blast being on your show. Thank uh, you. And, and conversing. This is, I mean, look, if you need me to show up at any point in time, just let me know. I'll be Fantastic. There. Thanks. I'll have you on again for sure. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Thank you. And uh, you guys can find me um, on uh, all over the web. I have a website which is called Board at Work, spelt with two O's. Um, my channel on YouTube is also Board at Work. Uh, you can find me on Twitter with the same handle, Instagram, and Facebook. It is all Board at Work with two O's. So when you're bored, just go to Board at Work. <laughs> Especially if you're at work, okay? Yeah. It only really works when you're at work. I uh, know, I'm just kidding. It's actually really awesome. I, I love watching Sunday's reviews and, and videos, uh, top quality stuff added to your subscriptions for sure. Uh, you guys know where to find me. Uh, I'm at Tankerl, that's T-N-K-G-R-L on Twitter on as well on Instagram. You can also find me through that handle on Facebook. Uh, my full name is Miriam Joar with a Y and you need to know that to subscribe to my YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash Miriam Joar. That's where you'll find some, uh, not I, not nearly as polished videos as what Thundee produces, but there are videos that will let you see and feel and touch and whatever, see at least, the things that I talk about on the show. And, and uh, remember, tell your friends to subscribe to the channel and like the videos. But more importantly, subscribe to this podcast, mobiletechpodcast.com. You can find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, TuneIn, uh, Slacker, Stitcher, pretty much everywhere. Look for Mobile Tech Podcasts. And if you get too many results, uh, add Tankerl, T-N-K-G-R-L to that, and you'll absolutely find me top, top of the list there. Um, and you know that uh, this comes out weekly, so subscribe. Uh, I want to thank our sponsor, Audible. Audible.com is where you can find some really awesome audiobooks. Um, and if you like to listen to books instead of read them, for whatever reason, maybe you're driving a car or something and uh, you want to fall asleep to the sweet sound of a book, this is the place to go, uh, audible.com. There is a link, audibletrial.com slash mobiletech. That's audibletrial.com slash mobiletech. If you go to that link, you uh, it'll be in the show notes. So you can get a discount if you want to join Audible. Uh, and uh, obviously, you uh, help the show. So check it out. And uh, thanks so much again, Nathandi, for being on the show. It was really great to have you. My pleasure. And uh, we'll have an another show for you next week. So stay tuned for more. Cheers, everybody. Bye. This has been the Mobile Tech Podcast with Tank Girl, proudly presented by worldpodcasts.com. You can visit us online at mobiletechpodcast.com.